This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of hotitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters this is a show that doesn't care if you call us assholes that's true you can call us assholes all you want all you want but you want to know you shouldn't call an asshole it's our titular character from this week's film that you guys picked you fuckers you, you assholes you ubus you suck i'm glad it's the last one of the month oh thank god a couple stinkers. They threw us a couple stinkers. Yeah, there's a couple in there, huh? What did we do to hurt you? Yeah. What did we do? Why do we deserve this? We're talking 2008's Hancock. Hancock. Starring Will Smith. The one and only. Charlize Theron. Yep. Jason Bateman. Because he's in this too. That's it. That's it. That's all that's in this movie. That's this movie. That's the whole thing. That's the cast. Directed by the Peter Berg. You ever seen this thing before? Yeah. And Once a long time ago. Probably 2008. Probably tw- 2008-ish. Okay. What'd you think of it then? I think I liked it then. Okay. But now I'm not so sure. Fair enough. That makes sense. That all checks out already. And have you seen this before too? Yeah, I hated it. First yep. time I saw it. And really? Uh, I still it, hate it. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, this is a much. weird movie. It's very strange. It's a strange movie. It's one of those movies that has such a great idea behind yes. it. Yes. And the execution of it is horrible. Womp womp. It's absolutely terrible it's a fucking disgrace to a, what should be a good story wow tell me how you really feel dave that's fine <laughs> it's a pretty good movie it's not uh no, this thing has gone yeah. through a lot it, it ran through the ringer because it was written in 1996 by vincent Nyo. oh him of course and it was originally called tonight he comes yeah, it's a and they, real bad name. <laughs> they changed it for obvious reasons. But actually, the original- That just reminds me of, like, It's Always Sunny. It's like, day, man. Uh, <laughs> we shouldn't do that. Why? I mean, we should always do that. We should just talk about It's Always Sunny instead. Do you want to? Can we? I don't think I'm prepped for that. I'm not. You gotta, <laughs> what's your favorite It's Always Sunny episode? Oh, I have no idea. Now I'm putting you on the spot. I have no idea what my favorite one is. Probably Rum Ham. Oh, that's very good. That's a very good episode. I like the one where they go to the, the Jersey Shore. Rumham! It's a fun one. I like that one a lot. Do you have a favorite Always Sunny episode? Charlie McDennis. Charlie McDennis is great. Yeah. To the oh. game of games! Suck my dick. So it's good, a classic. Man. It's a classic. You got a second favorite episode so we don't have to talk about Hancock? <laughs> Not that I can think of top, off the top of my head. Top 20, go. Top 20 episodes <laughs> of Always Sunny. All right, here we go. Number one. Charlie works really good. Uh, milk steak? That's just the thing. It in, is. Within the That's show. not a whole episode. Nope. But the episode that, that Milk Steak happens in is one of my favorites. It's a very good one. I like the one sure. where they hunt Rickety Cricket. Oh, that's a fun one. That's a one. very good one. Yeah, the most dangerous game. Yeah. Yeah. I like the one where Charlie puts the H on the box because filled with hornets. Yep. I got. There's the one where they go to the link. Oh, that is. Yep. There's that that's one. where Green Man comes in. Yeah. There's Green Man and the, the Philly Frenetic. That's, <laughs> you got to love <laughs> You can't use the real name. <laughs> so they call him the Frenetic. Uh, do you want to know why this movie was almost called Tonight He Comes? Why? The original screenplay, much darker. Uh, apart from being a lowlife, Hancock was supposed to be sexually frustrated because he couldn't have sex with a woman without killing her. Yeah, we kind of saw that in this movie. Kind of, but not quite. Uh, we because got awfully close. It was originally, yeah. the, the MPAA cleared a uh, scene involving Hancock's explosive orgasm, but it was removed from the final cut because the test audience didn't think it was funny. 
So why wasn't the rest of this movie cut along with that scene then? Because uh, the rest of this movie, not that funny. There wasn't a whole lot of funny in this, no. No, 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 no. no. What's this thing even about? We open on a pretty serious police chase, and our hero is passed out drunk on a bus stop bench. Pretty cool looking police chase. It I is. I liked it. Yeah, it's pretty pretty neat. Pretty exciting. It's got a white SUV, like, like a lot of OJ. police chases do. Like an OJ. Yeah. A kid wakes Hancock up, calls him an asshole, so he goes and does his thing. Yep. Causing all sorts of collateral damage along the way. That's kind of what the, the whole crutch of this movie is. is Yeah. This guy just breaks stuff. He's a sloppy hero, so people hate him. Yeah. And it's about time we saw like a hero who the public is like holding accountable. Yeah. And even the cops are like, fuck this guy. Yeah, like we didn't ask him to do that, but yeah. Caused nine million dollars worth of damages. Same time he's like that same opening scene, he he grabs a lady's ass as she's walking by him. During the chase, he he says some things that are pretty racist. Yep. And I'm wondering, I don't know if they're doing it just to be like, hey, this guy's an asshole, or if it's like, ah, it's two thousand eight, whatever. Uh, I think it was the first part. Okay. Because they really dig in Big over time. and over yeah. and over and over again. Like when he says, oh, now you speaky Ingly? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> guy cringed there for a I second. I was like, oh, that's bad. Yeah, not good. <laughs> not good. We cut to Ray, played by Jason Bateman. He's a publicist or PR rep or something, and he's trying to convince the board of some company to give away their product for free so he can give them a good humor ice cream logo. It's like the All Heart. The or, All Heart Is that logo, what he calls right? it? It's yeah. a heart. The All Heart. It's the good humor ice cream logo. Yeah, that's ripped off. And they're like, "No, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do we're that. We're not gonna give shit away silly. for free, right?" On the way home, he gets stuck in traffic on the train tracks. Hancock comes and saves him, but does it in a bad way. So everybody's <laughs> he flips mad the car at him. backwards, and everyone says, "Why didn't you just fly up? Why didn't you just fly straight up?" And even Bateman gets out of the car. He's like, "I mean, this man saved me. I'm alive because of him. I right? Mean, he should have flown up, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, honestly, you really should have flown up. Legit laugh. That, that was, was a, a good legit one. Yeah. laugh. Well, it's Bateman." Bateman knows how to get laughs. Bateman's very good in this. He's he's definitely in this. He's in it, and he's, he's good. He's above average. How about that? Yeah. So the citizens are pretty mad at him. Bateman is thankful and comes to his side. I don't know. He he, he stands up for him, and then he brings him home for dinner. Yep. That's That's what you do. You, you bring the hero home for, for sperm. spaghetti madness. Yeah, that's what a name. <laughs> After a weirdly tense dinner with John Favreau, I mean, Charlize Theron. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Because <laughs> in my notes, I wrote, this movie was directed with a fucking hammer because of how hard it hits us over the head with everything. Oh, my God. The whole time, I'm like, oh, she knows this guy for some reason. Because the camera just stays on her for forever. forever. And she's always giving him a look like, I don't trust you. But, like, it's Charlie's there. And so she's acting with her eyes. Like, she's like, I'm telling you the whole movie with my eyes right yep. now. For everyone at home, if you're driving, if you're listening to this at your office or whatever, I want you to raise your hands in the air. And I want you to do a Favreau salute. Just bring him on down. It's the heaviest hand you're going to get. That's this whole movie. Big time. Just want to let you know, as the audience, you're all dum-dums. And this movie's going to let you know that. <laughs> you're not going to figure anything out on your own. Nope. We're going to spoon feed the whole thing. Because you are stupid. You're all stupid. And Peter Berg wants you to know that. Ray offers Hancock his services to rehabilitate his image. Mary and Ray's son Aaron also talks about how he's getting bullied by Michelle. That'll come back immediately in the next scene, when the next day, Hancock is bummed out and decides to come back and take Roy up on his offer. And when he lands in the street, there's Michelle. To avoid confusion, this is not the same Michelle from Dodgeball. Nope. Totally different. This is a little white boy with, with long hair. Played by Dag Farsh, who's that's, apparently that's a person. He's, uh, he exists in the world. He was in, I think, one of like the Rob Zombie movies, too. Of course he was. And now he's a weird-looking adult. 
in case you're wondering. Fair enough. <laughs> so the kid calls Hancock an asshole one too many times, and Hancock throws him up into the air. He hangs out in the sky for like 30 seconds, yeah. give or take. It's a bird, it's a plane, it's a Michelle. Yeah. So that kid's traumatized for life. Yeah, he's broken. Every <laughs> bit of him is broken. But the good side is he won't be bullying Aaron anymore, I guess. I guess. Anyway, Ray goes on to tell Hancock that he's an asshole, too, and shows him comic books, and Hancock calls all of them homos because it's 2008. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. Mary comes home and shows him the news, and Nancy Grace is reporting that a warrant has been issued for Hancock's arrest. This whole time, Hancock, Will Smith, is doing like his best sling blade impression, which is a lot of... Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Will Smith is... He's in this movie. He is. He got paid to be in this movie. Yes. He did not get paid to act in this movie, though. He literally just got paid to be in front of the camera. This is like a different kind of character for Will Smith, though, because he's not usually the asshole, mopey. You can no, tell he's, no. he's bummed out. I think that's the best way to describe him. I don't think he's bummed out. I think he's, he's almost indifferent. Like, he's, I, he doesn't do anything in that's this movie. True. Like, it's there's nothing to this character to this point. It's one of those things where... They're just digging in that, like, yeah, he's an asshole. There he is. Everyone's going to call him an asshole. By the way, do you guys know this guy's an asshole? Anyway, the, the warrant has been issued for his arrest, and Ray's like, you know what? You should go. Get yourself locked up, and eventually the people will be like, oh, we need Hancock back. Because all the, the crime, crime all the crime's back, even though you're drunk, and you sometimes just break the world. And, <laughs> but <laughs> you save people, do I millions guess. millions of dollars in damage, but like, hey. They're going to miss you. You got the bad guys. They're going to miss fixing their buildings and getting SUVs off of spires. Yeah, you know who's going to miss them? The insurance industry. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Well, actually, no, they're not, because they actually have to pay out when he's around. That's a very good point, actually. Once he's in the clink, because he, do, he does agree to go, he's immediately being intimidated by a bunch of inmates who should definitely know better. Than to intimidate a man who's invincible? Who's invincible. Right. Especially because he's like, oh, yeah, I put most of you here, didn't I? You'd think they'd know. Yeah, uh, dumbest inmates ever. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so he literally shoves one guy's head up another one's ass. Yes. Yeah, that that was such a stupid thing. While it's the Sanford and Son theme song plays. Yeah, but he threatens to put heads up asses all the time. Yeah. It's like, I, I appreciate boots to asses more. Sure. Because I feel like that's less work. Well, yeah. Than this. Yeah. But I mean, this, you actually have to physically take a guy's head. Right. And I actually love the reaction because I just cut away from these two criminals, these oh, two to inmates. The, to the... And these guys Other just go, oh! oh! And, but then it takes forever to get the reveal of the head up the ass. Like, it takes way too long. Like, this could be a really good scene, but the comic timing is just not there. It's not. It, it is it not It takes there. too long for the reveal. Then we get a montage of Hancock sitting in therapy sessions, passing. Oh, man, this is the most thrilling superhero movie I ever heard. Making insane basketball shots in the yeah. yard. And going through image consulting with Ray. This is the best. Right? Best superhero movie ever. All this action. Ray has awesome suggestions like, tell the cops, good job. Yeah. Also, here's a costume. Yeah, here's a costume. He's wear like, it. I'm not going to wear that. You're going to wear it. Okay. Finally, the day arrives when the police chief is calling for Hancock's help. Of course. It happens. Ray predicted. This is after, 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 after. A basketball went over a fence. Yep. Hancock jumps out. Want to make it known. Hancock broke out of prison. Yes. Briefly. He came back in. I don't think that's how that wall works. Well, I don't think you're allowed to just come and go as you please. Everybody knew he always had the capability of leaving. It was just like, once he's out there, will he come back? Does he mean it? Is he here for the long haul? He broke out of prison. He And he was pissed off that he was going to have to be in jail for eight years. And he goes, did you say eight years? Yeah, but it's like four and a half of good behavior. 
that's what they sold us. But <laughs> you you don't get to just go out and in. You don't you don't get to do that. If you're a superhero, you can. Well, sort of, because one part that we didn't talk about was that when he was on Mopey at the beginning of this movie, and he brought a girl back to his trailer. Yeah. Did you see this part? No. Was this like a, an extended cut that I had? I don't know. How long was your movie? Uh, Ninety-two minutes. Oh, mine had an extra ten. Oh. Yeah, so Hancock got some. Oh. Yeah, he was at this bar and picked up some girl, and the girl's like, oh, Hancock. I want to do the Hancock. Hand, yeah. I'll take the easy joke. Sure. Low-hanging fruit. And they they go back to his trailers, because he has two trailers slapped together. Yeah. That's his home. That's how you do it. And as they're go- uh, she wants to get all hot and heavy real fast. Sure. So she wants to just get on up in there. And he goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We got one rule. When I get to the mountaintop, as he calls it, oh boy, you got to get off. When I get to the mountaintop, you got to get off. And then she just dives on him. Both trailers start shaking like it's a like the San Andreas fall has just exploded. And he says, "Mountaintop, mountaintop, mountaintop!" And then he throws her across the room, and you see it might as well be bullets going through the roof of this thing. And it's three shots, just going pew 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 what? through it. Yes. What? Uh, <laughs> and then he goes, yeah, that happens sometimes. And she's all disgusted about this. I don't know why. I don't, uh, what I don't, did you expect? I don't know. And then she says, I have to go to the bathroom. And she fucks off out the window of the bathroom while he's still talking to her all brooding and stuff. Wow. Yeah. There's the depth that I was missing. Yeah. That's... It's <laughs> definitely. His, he doesn't wear magnums. He shoots magnums. Wow. So there's a bank robbery. Yeah. <laughs> Slash shootout, and there's several hostages and whatever. And Hancock shows up in his new costume, freshly shaven, smooth landing, telling the cops, good job. It's like over a whole, and over and over. Whole new and guy. over and over and over hey, again. Good, good job. Good, good job. Good job. Yep, you said that already. Good job. He, he rescues an officer lady who's uh, under heavy fire, asking her permission to touch her body. Where were these shooters shooting from? Inside the bank, I so guess. Then but why were bullet holes on the other side of all these cars also? The cars got flipped around. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they said there was heavy artillery. Could be going through the whole car? Nope. <laughs> uh, nope. 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 Probably not, huh? Uh, I don't know. Ricochet. Carry on. <laughs> so he asks his officer if he has permission to touch her. Not in a sexual way. Not that she's not attractive. Weird. It did get weird, especially because the whole permission to like help thing is the first step in CPR training. Yeah. And uh, then he, he went there. Yeah. He went there. He, he went there. As Pete Holmes would say, you made it weird. It's not a sexual thing. Yeah. Not that you're not attractive. You're actually very attractive. <laughs> and she's like, just fucking get me out of here. Will Smith sucks. Hancock sucks. Fair. So the lead bank robber, Red, reveals that he's got hostages and they're all rigged with explosives. He's got a dead man switch, which means if he lets go... If he Ka- gets killed, kablooey. they all go kablooey. And then he calls Hancock an asshole one too many times. Call me an asshole again. And uh, Hancock just chops off his whole hand. Yeah. And then Save the day. Brings the hand over to the cops and says, hey, <laughs> don't let this trigger release. Everyone loves Hancock. And the citizens applaud him. That's Yay. all it took is one, one bank robbery. And that's the end of the movie. That should be the end of the movie. If that were the end of the movie, good movie. Uh, okay movie. Uh, above a, average movie. Not a whole lot of substance, but at least- well, they could have fleshed this part out. Right. Unfortunately, right. this they is- They took that whole story yeah. and made it 90 minutes. But this is two movies. This is. And that's what everyone says about this thing, is that it's two movies. Yeah. It totally shifts here into something completely different. I would say that this is a 1978 Superman type of turn. 
Yeah. Not to compare Hancock and Superman. No. But. <laughs> by no means a perfect movie up to this point. Hancock 2. The sequel. Hancock that, that goes never was and celebrates with the Embry family. That's Mary and Ray and everybody. And we find out that Hancock was just a regular guy in Miami and woke up with powers and no memory 80 years ago. We're getting backstory now that the plot Halfway has Halfway through the movie. <laughs> the nurse that signed him out asked for his John Hancock, and he thought that was his name. So that's what he wrote. The only thing he knew was that nobody was there to pick him up. It is. Uh, so this part actually bothered me because one of the greatest TV moments in our lifetime, Fresh Prince. Oh. That episode with Will and uh, the Uncle Man. Yeah. And the, the daddy. Yeah. And the daddy's like, hey, man, I'm too busy. You can't hang out. Yada, yada. And Will's like, I don't need you. I'll go to college without you. I'll get a good job. I'll find a girl without you. Why you don't want me? And he breaks down. It's like, yeah, it is and it's fucking visceral and real. Yeah. It's phenomenal acting all around in that. Yeah. And I feel like they tried to capture that here in Hancock. Yeah. And it just. Mm, Oof. We, we know Will can do better. I was going to say. We've seen him do it. Hancock Will Smith just shot a cum bullet through his own head oh here because it's brutal. <laughs> this is he killed his own fucking great scene that he had 30 years earlier or whatever it was. Yeah. Well, after the party, he brings a drunk Roy, or Ray, his name Ray. Is Ray. He's the, the Bateman. <laughs> he brings a drunk Ray back to bed and, and goes downstairs to talk to Mary. And then he goes to kiss her. Yeah, if they somehow have some sort of they magnetism. Weird chemistry all of a sudden, even though she's hated him the whole movie. It's so forced that it makes me, I can't even be like true angry about it. So I'm just like, that's stupid. And then it's as, not worth getting angry over. As they almost kiss, she throws him through a wall. They do kiss. And then she throws him through a wall. What did you think of this twist, though? That's stupid. Yeah? It's the stupidest But did you see twist. it coming? No. Because there was no reason to. Exactly. There's nothing behind any of this. <sighs> She's got powers, too. He threatens to expose her if she doesn't explain what's going on. Right. So then he says, come to my trailer. We need to talk this out. Then there's a whole scene where he's beating her over the head with rolling pins and stuff yep, in front and, of Ray. And Metal pans. And he, he's hole, on the phone. The and big hole in the wall is explained because he sneezed. He sneezed. Hang right. on, sneeze. Sometimes like, when there's dust. I, I sneeze. <laughs> but then he's like, yeah, come back to my place. We'll talk. And then she comes there. And this this is a walk hard moment. The way she's dressed. Yes. She might as well just walk in the room and go, I'm ready for sex. <laughs> and her line there even is, you ready to do this? It's yeah. like, whoa. <laughs> but then he's like, whoa. Who are you? And she's like, I'm your sister. He's like, no, no you're, you're not. not. No, you're not. Let's go fight and chase each other and break I'm everything. I'm your sister. No, you're not. I was getting a Joe Dirt moment from this. <laughs> you're my sister. Now, meanwhile, Red is at the prison with the two guys from the ass head shoving situation from earlier. And he's Wasn't got there a- an It's Always Sunny episode where, oh, where Dennis and Sweet D hooked up by accident? I don't recall. I feel like they did a make out for some reason. I know it happened in Eurotrip. I know it happened in Eurotrip. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's an Always Sunny. There might be. I'm blanking on that one, though. He's a fucking bird. Bird. Anyway, Red's got a hook hand now, and because the other villains are there, they're going to have to go get their power back. Right, by going after a guy who's still invincible. Still invincible, yeah. Hancock and Mary are fighting. Yeah, she doesn't want to be exposed, yet they're going to fight in the middle of Los Angeles. In the middle of L.A. Where everyone can see, oh, there's a mystery woman. Yeah. Including her own husband. Including Hancock, who literally everyone knows. Right, right. Uh, after that, Hancock goes to the liquor store. It's being held up. He gets shot, and it actually hurts him. So he gets brought to the hospital. Well, even before that, because 
of course, when they're fighting outside this one building, Mary and Hancock, the only person who sees them yeah, is, is, is Bateman. Oh, that's what I was trying to say. This is so, go, I'm, go, go. <laughs> there's not enough alcohol. That's the problem. So then there's a big hospital fight scene, but basically Mary dies, Ray dies, or no, Ray, Ray saves is totally Han- fine. Ray saves Hancock from dying, but then Hancock dies anyway. Yeah. Uh, but then Hancock comes back to life. Yep. And, and then he, he jumps run- out a window. He runs away. Because. As he's running away, yeah. Mary's coming back to life, and then he jumps toward the moon. Yeah, but it's because there's this whole thing where whenever, what Mary says is that whenever they're together, they both lose their powers because they become mortals and they grow old together. (laughs) And then now that they're both together, they're both mortal and they could both die. And of course, the villains are going to show up and do the whole fight thing because now's the time. Right. They break out of prison and they don't ever explain how. No, because it's all just convenient. They explained it on the TV in the background of a scene. You heard it. All it says is. Uh, Red escapes prison. There's no, That's like, it. It's, oh, okay. That's it. But it, once they're far enough away from each other, then they suddenly get their powers back. Right. They How far would it to be? And then they come alive. He jumps at the moon, like you said, and then... Uh, and then what? one month later. Right. Hancock calls Ray from New York and tells him to look up. Looks up at the moon. And there's the All Heart logo on the moon. Good humor. It's a it's an ice cream moon. Yep, ice cream moon. And then Hancock tells Ray that he's going to change the world. Yep. And then and Ray and Mary are all happy now. They live happily ever after. And Mary's got stories about the past. Brian, this movie sucks all the dicks. And then there's a mid credit scene with yeah, Mike Epps. It still sucks all the dicks. It's Mike Epps. And he, and he calls Hancock an asshole. Yeah. And again, that's the last line why wouldn't you quadruple down on a joke that didn't work the first time? Brian, this movie's terrible. It's not great. It's very bad. It's not great. Let's start off with the goods because I have a feeling it's going to be a short list. Okay. Let's start about the goods. That was fun. Let's talk about the bads. That was so exciting. <laughs> no. Um, we had audio issues. That's why you didn't hear it now. <laughs> uh, the CGI is pretty good. Yeah, it was. The action's okay. The flying stuff looks terrible, but a lot of the, uh, the like CGI yeah. looks pretty good. It's not bad. Uh, the, the falling, or not the falling, but the landing, the, the explosions when he yeah. makes contact. Pretty decent. It's something. When he sure. Fred Flintstones, the uh, the getaway car in the opening scene. Yeah. Where he slams his feet through the floorboards of the of the SUV and brings it to a stop. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Pete Berg hated the CGI. He really does not like work with CGI. Yeah. And he, he said that he feels like that's when the director has no control over the movie. He has to kind sure. of leave it up to the CGI artist. I can totally buy him saying that. That makes sense. This movie's very Pete Berg. How so? It's handheld. Like, okay. through and through. If you watch something like Friday Night Lights, the movie, it's yeah. very handheld, and he really gets in there with all the emotion and everything like that. He kind of it just leans into that now. Okay. That's his move. I worked with Peter Berg on The Leftovers. Okay. And he might be my favorite director I ever worked with. Oh, wow. Tell you the truth. I mean, this movie's shit. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but he might be my favorite director to work with because I feel like he knows what he wants, but at the same time, he wants to get it fast. That's fair. Like, he never wanted the cameras to be set up on the leftovers. It's all on the shoulder so that you can get every possible angle and then edit it later. Sure. And he just really wants to bang it out. It was some of the shortest days I ever worked. It was amazing. Hmm. That seems but like I, it might not yeah. always be the best way to do it, though. Maybe not, for <laughs> especially for something like this. I mean, this is a $150 million movie. Yeah. And, and I know Will Smith took a large chunk of it. That's true. But is he the right director for this thing? It's a good question, but this thing did go through a lot of directors yeah. over the years as it was being yeah, It makes me wonder why it went through a lot of directors. Do people just not want to touch it? 
I don't know. Uh, it started with Michael Mann. Weird choice. Very weird choice. But Especially, was he coming off collateral at this point? That or was would he be, coming off Miami Vice? Uh, it was, he actually, he signed off of it to do Miami Vice. Okay. So. I mean, not as good of a move. It's, you know what? Lateral move. Lateral. <laughs> uh, and then it was with uh, Jonathan Mostow, uh, U571 Terminator 3. Okay. I mean, it's a fun choice, I guess. It's Terminator 3 is okay. Definitely different. Yeah. Uh, and then Gabriel Muccino, who just loves directing Will Smith, apparently. Wasn't he coming up? Pursuit of Happiness? Pursuit of Happiness and Seven Pounds. Oh, he loves Will Smith. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then at one point, it was also uh, Tony Scott was attached to it, too, at one point. Is, who, he, is he the dead one? Or is he the live one? I don't know. Is Tony Scott dead? Ridley Scott's the alive one. Tony Scott's dead. I Tony think. Scott's dead again. I have a feeling he... But yeah. yeah. He did Top Gun and Days of Thunder. And Enemy of State with Will Smith. Deja vu. Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. Yep, that's him. He's yeah, the dead one, he's unfortunately. The dead one. Yeah. So yeah, it bounced why, around a bunch of different Why didn't they directors. want to touch this thing? Why did this thing keep bouncing? Uh, Probably the script. The script's not good. <laughs> Don't um, get me wrong there. The dialogue is terrible. The only thing that's kind of... That, that kind of makes the dialogue not suck so much is the Bateman scenes because he's just being Jason Bateman. He's J- Jason Batemaning all over the screen. And I feel like he treats Will Smith like he treats George Michael. Hey, buddy. Yeah. And yeah. he says- Oh, very much so. Buddy's his favorite word in, in he really likes the world. Buddy. Yeah. He's very good at saying it. It makes you feel like he, oh, it's actually a buddy. Yeah. Oh, hey, buddy. Oh, but there's buddy. nothing to this movie. How many different ideas can you throw together into a span of an hour and a half or whatever? It's like they threw every one of them into this thing. Absolutely just everything. pick what you want it to be. Right. Uh, the rewrite with Vince Gilligan, who Breaking is, Bad's Vince Gilligan. Breaking Bad's. There's actually a funny story about Breaking Bad. Peterberg said Hancock was originally a script called Tonight He Comes about a superhero alcoholic who could not make love because if he climaxed, he would kill a woman with the power of his climax. And it was really this kind of dark, twisted script. You know who wrote it? Vince Gilligan. So I came on, and Will Smith is a perfectionist, and he'll just drive writers into the ground. I say this with respect. But Will will do 10 to 12-hour meetings, and by the time I got on, Vince had been heavily into the process with Will and his team. I came in and didn't really understand the history. Vince was going to do another rewrite of the script. I didn't realize this was probably rewrite 10. And I had heard that Vince had this TV show he wanted to go and do, and I was like, whatever. Finish the script. Had something to do with a chemistry teacher who gets cancer. I was like, whatever, dude. You got to finish the script. Wow. And uh, Vince finished the script, and I thought he was going to stay on and keep writing, but he's like, all right, I'm out. So he like did the opposite of Joss Whedon in the Dark World, or yeah. Dark World. Yeah, exactly. Where they kept bringing him pulling in, him in. Fix here this. they're just like Vince, go Come do in. your stupid chemistry teacher cancer RV. Yeah, apparently, show. apparently, uh, Peter Berg called him up angrily from a Lakers game, and he was like, "You can't just leave. I can't believe you're doing this." Blah blah blah. And he's like, "Are you drunk?" <laughs> he's like, "No, I'm not drunk. But how can you leave us to your TV show with your stupid idea?" And he basically said, "Fine, fuck you," and, and hung up on him. Hey, fair enough. And then he tried to get people on his side being like, hey, can you believe Vince did this? Can you believe Vince did this? And everybody was like, Vince Gilligan is the most decent human we've ever met, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Pete, we don't understand what you're talking about. And he couldn't get support. And then, of course, the show that he left to do was Breaking Bad. So, like, what are you going to do? Hey, how about that? (laughs) So the guy that wrote Breaking Bad did 10 rewrites on this script. Yeah. And then he gave it to a man child. And this man child (laughs) threw cameras on shoulders and threw Will Smith and said, grunt. Yeah, uh, almost everything I read doing research for this movie was like, the shaky cam. Oh my God, the shaky cam. It didn't bother me that much, to tell you the truth. It really didn't stand out to me, but so many people were bothered by it. Is this pre or post Cloverfield? Because that's the shaky cam. That is the, yeah. I don't know. I think it's 
I think Cloverfield was like 2007 for some reason, but hmm. I don't know. Me either. Bet it's worth a Google. I'll let go Batman. I don't mind. What else did you like about this thing? I like the first half of this movie. Yeah, I, I agree. Think, the first half of yeah. this movie should have been the movie. I feel like uh, the idea of a superhero who needs PR yeah. is kind of a cool idea. Yeah, this superhero is such a piece of garbage that we can't relate to him at all. Right. Not that he's super, but it's like, it, we get it. How many times did it tell us that the guy's an asshole? We see he's an asshole, and then you repeatedly tell us he's an asshole. Right. Right. It, well, it's also kind of like, hey, Superman is a Boy Scout, and he's boring. So somebody's like, all right, well, I'll make an invincible superhero with all the powers. It's an asshole, and it'll be better. You'd think. You would You would assume. You know what I like about this movie? The version of my head where Dave Chappelle plays Hancock. Oh, that'd be pretty fun. Because he was connected to it for a while, actually. Really? Yeah. Along with George Clooney, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Leonardo DiCaprio. Those all sound like like-to-haves. I would say. <laughs> but 2008, Dave... that's interesting. Like, who would you even throw in this thing? Will Smith is in a weird spot in his career, so yeah, I guess is, it kind of makes sense. This is kind of his decline at the end of being a huge star. Right, right. Did he do I Am Legend before or after this? It was right before. Okay. In fact, this got delayed so he could do I Am Legend. Man. Because this was supposed to come yeah. out first. It still was a big box office draw. Oh, yeah. This I mean, thing was a huge it hit. It made its money. It did great. It made, well, with a budget of $150 million, it ended up making... Six hundred twenty-four million worldwide. So it's a hit. Yeah, it's a big hit. Yeah, huge. Didn't it come out like three weeks before The Dark Knight, and then this movie was forgotten about for forever? Forever? About forever? Something like that? Something like forever? Yeah. And they've been talking about a Hancock two ever since. Well, they did it already. It's the second half. It's of the movie. second half. All right. Well, then a Hancock three. I really do like that idea of a superhero who needs PR, though. Sure, it makes sense, especially if your PR guy is going to be Jason Bateman. Yeah, I'm it in. It doesn't hurt. Quick question to you. Okay. Out of all the superheroes we have, think of them in the world of their films that we've seen so far. Yeah. What superhero do you think most needs PR? I want to say Kick-Ass. He kind of has his own, though. He's just a social media Yeah, he does have his, My, he has his MySpace page, so I guess he's he's got it under control. For that time, yes. No, even then for that time, no. But still, <laughs> he's a year later. I'm trying to think of who has like the highest body count. I got one. Man of Steel. Superman <laughs> yeah. himself. Yeah, Supes could use some good PR. After that whole disaster at the end of that, he that movie? leveled Metropolis? Yeah, that one. They, all... really, they never addressed that at the end of that movie, did they? Nope. All they had to do was kind of, you know, do a Power Ranger move and take him out to space. Yep. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> all right, well, good on you, Power Rangers. You, you... <laughs> you figured that problem out fast. You think Defendor would need PR? I think somebody would have had to heard about Defendor first, so yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Maybe Deadpool. Oh, oh, you you know who could use some PR? Who's in desperate need of some PR? Who? The Toxic Avenger. Yeah, he's got a big heart. He's big toxic heart. Honestly, he's a good guy. Just just doing good guy stuff. He's the best. He needs Jason Bateman on his side. Oh, that would be a movie I really, really, really want to see. Right? Toxie gets PR. Yes, please. <laughs> All right, let's do some bads. Let's, I, oh, we haven't yet? <laughs> uh, that entire second half of this movie is, is awful. Oh, uh, that, that. It's so forced. Left it's so hand terrible. turn twist where we're meant to be together and we're, but we can't be. And I've already broken up with you a bunch of times in 3,000 years. And so all their latest history, I'll, I'll call it the last 80 years, was Hancock woke up in Miami. 
And now he's in LA for reasons. Yeah. I don't know why. He's very, very well known around LA. Yeah. Why the hell is Charlize Theron staying in LA when she knows it's not hard to bump into this dude? Well, it's a real easy answer, Dave. She's in love with Jason Bateman. She's a god who's in love with Jason Bateman. I mean, good on Bateman. Look, what not, that's worth. I'm not saying Jason Bateman's not a great guy, but Charlize Theron as a god well, is going to risk her own mortality yeah. to hang out with uh, Michael I... Bluth. <laughs> Raymond, stop calling me buddy. I, this doesn't make sense, though, to me. Yeah, it seems uh, so sad because she's always telling him to leave town. She's like, I'll give you the answer if you get out of town. She understands like. Sure. They need to be separated. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think she keeps running from him and he keeps just accidentally finding her. But she happening. had that. She knows that he exists in L.A. Right. She has she the upper has hand this the, time. Exactly. That's so dumb to but me. But love. It's not love. It's not it's love. It's Jason Bateman. She would have to make him upend his whole life. So she could stay immortal. Maybe she was happy just being mortal with Jason Bateman. She was like, you know what? If I become mortal, because she doesn't think he's going to find her because he doesn't remember her. I guess that makes sense. But still, you're right. I mean, she should have been like, oh, he's here. I should leave. All right, Omaha, here we come. Right. Someplace that no superhero is ever going to have to go to. Hey, Ray, you know where's a great place for PR? New York. Let's go to New York. Let's go to literally anywhere but here. It's a, Yeah, it's a solid question on why she's the way that she is maybe because she's crazy don't call her crazy who do you think the villain of this thing is oh boy it's a superhero movie oh it's red with his hook hand the guy who's in literally three Two scenes. Yeah. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, a lot of people's biggest issue is that there's just like is he his own villain is that what we're going after here even though he i mean defeats himself halfway through this movie he defeats himself halfway through the movie and then his true love fate lady becomes his villain and then she's gone and then it becomes this other guy and yeah no there's no there's no focus as far as antagonist goes it's all over the map so gizmodo put out an article pretty much saying nine ways hancock could have been a pretty good movie oh okay so not even saying a good movie sure just anything almost there than what we got let me let me read these to you just so yeah i'm intrigued yeah we can get on the same page with you know them with gizmodo i think we are number one do the cruddy superhero thing right. I feel like they didn't do too bad on that, though. I do. I think they they doubled down too hard on everything. Where you didn't give us any character development until halfway through the movie. Well, yeah. Even when he was sitting in therapy in prison, he's saying just pass, 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 pass over and over. And then eventually they're like, come on, open up, come on, open up. Just they're peer us, pressuring this guy something. in a safe space. And then he goes, well, I'm Hancock and I like to drink. And stuff. That's it. And they applaud him. Yeah. A good share. Good share. Is that character development? It's a, that's part of the montage. He's uh, slowly getting there. But you're right. They never do go back to the therapy, the group therapy. Number so. two, have some super villains. How about just have any villains? A super, a villain. Anything. Have just one any consistent villain guy or the whole movie. Something, something yeah. for him to fight. Sure. Besides a lady. And his sobriety. Right. Number three, explain why exactly Hancock is a superhero anyway. That's true. They say they're gods, I guess. Yeah. Sort of. But if he has amnesia, why is he doing this? Who knows? How do you... I don't know. It's... We don't have any kind of sense of moral responsibility or anything like that. No. He's just doing it to do it. Right. Number four. More Jason Bateman being funny. Yeah, please. Completely agree. Do more of that. I love Jason Bateman. He's great. Oh, I like him. Yeah. I like like him. He's the best part of this movie. I agree. Completely. 
Number five, make this movie about something. <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Number six, put back the dirty stuff. All the dirty stuff they took out. This movie got rated PG-13? Yes. There's a couple fucks in it. A couple? Yeah. Yep. Uh, a lot of assholes, as uh, I know. 18 assholes. Really? Oh, well, actually, there's more than 18 assholes, but Hancock specifically gets called asshole 18 times. Fine. Four by Michelle, three by Jason Bateman, and two by Red. Jeez. Yeah, uh, I think you got to go R on this thing. Yeah. Even though they're trying for the PG-13, because that's the sweet spot. Right. Well, I guess the MPAA uh, rated it R twice, and they made cuts Ugh. to get it down to PG-13. So. Number seven, totally rethink the movie's big twist. Yes. Maybe just don't. Maybe save it for the second one. Right. You know what? If if her foreshadowing and her incredulousness, incredibility toward Hancock lasted the whole movie and the reveal was in a new movie, it would have been fine. I would be so okay with that. I'd be like, no, that's an excellent twist for the second movie. Especially because number eight is can the love story. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Drop it. Number nine, decide what kind of movie you're making. <laughs> Yeah. Let's do some super stuff going off of that. That's a good idea. Going off of what you just said, let's start with style and tone. I think that's pretty fair. Oh, zero? No, oh, the style's kind of there. There is a style the to it. The tone is negative, though, so I think that... kind of evens out into a, zero. <laughs> into a solid zero. Uh, setting. Los Angeles. It's it's LA. It's very much LA. It's They do a pretty good job with LA. I mean, you get the valley, you get all of it. You I get, think I'm going to go one. I think it's fair. Even at the end with New York. You see? It's yeah. New York. It's New York. Uh, hero. No. <laughs> no. What about, no, no, no. What about if Jason Bateman's the hero? Two? No, not even. <laughs> Jason Bateman is kind of heroic in this because he sets out to save him. And yada, yada. Um, Hancock sucks so hard. <laughs> Toward the end, he's better. Doesn't, doesn't save the day by any means. He saves himself. Yeah, you're right. There's there's no threat against humanity here. Right. Except for when he's fighting Mary, which is... I'm, I'll give it a zero. I, I think, think that's... that's generous right now. <laughs> wow. Villains. There are none. There's three. There are none. These are just three bad guys. They're nothing. Oh, I meant Hancock, Mary, and then eventually Ken Red Parker. Also a zero. <laughs> Female characters. Hmm. It's not a zero. She kicks a lot of ass. It's not a zero. And she's one of the main three cast members. Right. Because there's only three cast members. I think members. the direction of this movie hurts her a lot. I think you're right. Where they make her too obvious. Yeah. Is she ever trying to save the day doing anything? Is she, who is she strong for? Because she does kind of cheat on Bateman with the whole kiss, but then she throws him out a wall. I'm wondering if matter. your cut was different from mine, because in my cut, huh. Will Smith went in for the kiss and then she threw him into a wall. They kissed. Okay. Because they didn't kiss. They absolutely kissed. I'll go 0.25. I'm leaning towards 0.5, but I, I can't too. justify it for some reason. That's fair. 0.25. 0.25. Story and motivation. I'll go with a 0.5. For, for half of this movie. For half of the movie. I like that. I think that's good. Because the first half of this movie is... Solid. Fine. It's totally It fine. has a premise. It... Goes through the whole arc. Right. And whose motivation? I always ask it. And this time, if we go with Hancock's motivation, then it's garbage. Because <laughs> he has, he doesn't even have a memory of he who he is. None. <laughs> right. Music. Zero. Zero? Absolute B. 
big time zero. Why? My only note about the, this music was this belongs in a 1990s Jim Carrey movie. This sounds like it's something out of like Liar Liar or even like Tommy Boy or something like that, where it's like that bubbly just background music of nothing. You didn't even like when they used uh, Move by Ludacris in the beginning? That was at the beginning. When that he was, was totally flying fine. through. And I then they wrote used... down that that was totally fine, but then that's gone. And then there's the Sanford and Son when he shoves the guy's head up the other guy's ass. That was hilarious. Zero. I, this, Zero? this music is terrible. You you picked out two songs throughout this entire movie, and it's only clips of little things. I mean, that's usually what the music is. Don't tell Guardians that. Uh, even that is pretty clippy. It's extremely clippy, but it's clips that actually have a point. This has, like, canned music behind it. There's nothing to any of this music backing up this movie. <laughs> I'm waiting for Jim Carrey to just come out in, like, in an elevator and go, I've had better. Just... Like, it's so stupid. All right, so 0.25. You power rangers me, didn't you? I did. All okay. right. Overruled. Fine. Uh, that's not for John Powell. To that's move, for Ludacris. Bitch, get out your way. <laughs> Impact on the genre. Ooh, are we going to go under the zero mark? I don't think it's it's less you don't than think zero. So? No. Okay. I'll go flat zero. Flat zero? I don't think it did anything. I know I'm negative on this movie. Yeah, big time. Not hiding it, but I don't think this movie did anything for anyone. They've been talking about a sequel for 11 years and they're not anywhere close that's true uh they did they were talking in 2009 they're getting pretty serious about it and then uh they kind of went into into a holding pattern until december 2009 where peterberg actually said he guaranteed a sequel didn't he at one point he guaranteed a sequel but then late in 2009 he said there are so many cooks in that particular kitchen that are so busy to get all of us in the same room where we can talk and then agree on anything, you'll never meet a group of people who have a harder time agreeing on anything. Fair enough. And then in 2010, Will Smith said that there's ongoing discussion about a possible sequel. The ideas aren't developed, but they're building out an entire world. And people are going to be very surprised in the new world of Hancock. Because it then, might be good. <laughs> and then in 2012, Peter Berg said that Will Smith and the producers of the first film have already had been meeting a few times at Smith's request, and he believes the film will happen. It's just a matter of when. And that was seven years ago. So Zero? Zero but it also made uh, quadruple. It's It did. It means it's a hit, but then there's nothing after it, which means the critics got to it because it's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, Will Smith would go on to be in Suicide Squad. Yep. You heard what you said, right? Let's go with zero. <laughs> uh, parents. We have no idea. We know that they're the last two of their species. Right. They're the last two of their kind. We have no idea because we don't even know how he came to be. That's true. She does say the word built at one point. Right. That they were built. It's a zero. That's uh, that's an unfortunate that's zero. A, yeah. Because they, it's almost like they tried one-liners. I mean, asshole. Ass- it's just they asshole. repeat the word asshole. Good job. Good job. That's pretty good. That's actually pretty good for this movie, too. Uh, especially because it, it started with Jason Bateman. <laughs> right, 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 right. I really like the line at the beginning when he's chasing the, the white truck or white SUV, whatever, and he goes, now this is how it's going to go down. Your head's going to go up his ass. <laughs> your His head's going to go up your ass. And then someone's going to pull the short straw because your head's going to go up my ass. <laughs> I'll go point two five just because that line made me laugh. I can't imagine this score very high at all. <laughs> Well, I mean, the hate machine was scoring it, so. Sorry for dropping it a, a dose of reality, folks. <laughs> Hancock comes in at a 2.25. Yeah, that's appropriate. Yeah, that's that's probably about where it, where it belongs. What was the other UBU? 
What did that score? Super got a 1.75. You guys did great. And Turtles 2 <laughs> got a three and a half. So oh, nothing man. from this month that the listeners picked scored over a three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. What do we do? I what do we do wrong? I don't know if it was us or if... <laughs> I don't want to put it on them. I can't put it on them, but like... Come on, guys. Guys, come on. Guys, come on. We give you a list of 90-something movies, and these are the oh, three. These... Toxic Avenger 2 is on that list, folks. Well, September's over now. Sure is. We do have some bangers lined up. We absolutely have some. We have some things lined up to make up for this month. Yes. Yes. Wake me up when September ends. Time to wake up. But first, let's talk about a man who's not ever going to wake up. Roger Ebert. Oh, that segue. It was dark but hilarious. He did see this movie, and he gave Hancock three out of four. Wow. Yep. Are we disagreeing with, with the Reebs McGeebs? I have been waiting for this for years, a superhero movie where the actions of the superheroes have consequences in the real world. Okay. They always leave a wake of crashed cars, bursting fire hydrants, exploding gas stations, and toppling bridges behind them, and never go back to clean up. <laughs> But John Hancock, the hero of Hancock, doesn't get away with anything. One heroic stunt ran up a cost price tag of $7 million. He's got hundreds of lawsuits pending, and when he saves a stranded whale by throwing it back into the sea, you can bet he gets billed for the yacht it lands on. <laughs> so Roger Ebert's really looking out for like the financials of this, this yeah, world that's clearly. in this thing. Ebert Sandwich says, Mary, who knows all about him, doesn't know all that much. Even though they're together for 3,000 years. <laughs> and I have a shiny new dime here for any viewer of the movie who can explain exactly how Hancock came into being. Not that it matters much anyway. I guess he had to come into being somehow, and this movie's explanation is as likely as most, which is to say, completely preposterous. Still, Hancock is a lot of fun, if perhaps a little top-heavy, with stuff being destroyed. Smith makes the character more subtle than he has to be. No shit, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just making up for Charlize Theron's over the top. Exactly. Uh, more filled with self-doubt, more willing to learn. Jason Bateman is persuasive and helpful on the PR front. And it turns out Charlize Theron has a great deal to feel odd and penetrating about. Weird that he said penetrating. Yeah, I'm sure he explained it somewhere in what he means somewhere in this, but... Well, the original is, yeah. ending of this movie... Oh, no. Yeah. Was it the super sex that he is so worried about usually? Uh, well, because he's so worried about sex in general, uh, the the original ending of this movie was extremely dark, where he would kidnap Mary and rape her. Oh! Um, <laughs> but then, <laughs> but he doesn't do it. He yeah. doesn't do it. Uh, but in the in the events that transpire, he ends up going on an angry rampage and kills a squad of police officers, and then he kills himself. For what reason? Uh, you know what? Doesn't, doesn't matter. Even, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It would be as out of left field as the rest of this movie. Yep. Very quickly, Rotten Tomatoes 1 to 100. Go ahead. 44. 41. Oh. Not bad. Yeah, it's not on this list of top 72 superhero movies. Oh, that's weird. Didn't make it, weirdly <laughs> enough. I feel like Roger Ebert would really like uh, Marvel's damage control. You think so? <laughs> it seems like like if he's really worried about the financials and the cleanup, I think. And there were rumors that they were going to do that as like a ABC sitcom, and then they just never did. I mean, Marvel's is sort of in there a little bit, the comic. Yeah. Uh, sort of, but not really, mostly. Like I said, this is not on the top 72 superhero movies, but it does have a number of one-star 
reviews oh, from that's, Amazon. That's so strange. Dot com. Yeah, weird, right? People gave this a one star. Yeah. Uh, 836 customer reviews. It has a total of 4.4 out of five stars. Wow. 48% of them are five star. Okay. That's like less. That's, that's less than it's half. less than half. Seven percent are one star. Hmm. From October seventeenth, twenty sixteen, this product would have been all right if the actual movie came in it. Hashtag crap. So did you have the movie? Nope. Uh, some would say you win some, you lose some. Better movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazon spared you. From May twenty third, twenty fourteen. Title: Poor. They cut out one of the funniest parts of the movie. Had I known this, I wouldn't have bought this version of the movie. Okay, so he's looking for that cum that, shot scene. Just, <laughs> thank you. That's got to be the scene, right? It has to be, right? Shooting his jizz missiles through the ceiling of this Winnebago. Oh, do you remember the Always Sunny episode where they had the shotgun and the gun shot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was just thinking that shotgun would be funny, too. That's so good. <laughs> From September 1st, 2014. Too much swearing for a family movie. Family movie? <laughs> we turned it off after the first fuck within 10 minutes. Well, that's fair. Yeah, if you're thinking it's a family movie, I guess <laughs> in that's what not the world? spot to do it in. I guess it's a PG-13 Will Smith flick. There's some expectations going in. What are they? I don't know. It got me. I don't know. It's a summer blockbuster Will Smith PG-13. From July 26, 2013. I want a disclaimer on this. I don't know if this is a troll account or not. Okay. I have no idea. It's a copy and paster. Oh, boy. Uh, he went buck wild on a number of different things. This is not the same guy? No. No, it's not. His review on this one is, I don't watch movies because I don't even like movies at all. They are no fun at all and suck. That's the whole review? That's the whole review. So he's gone across movies going, I don't watch movies, one star. Right. And I had to look into this because that was just insane to me. That's crazy. His other reviews for damn near every song he's ever reviewed, all one star. He writes, there is no need to listen to music at all. It is pure garbage nowadays. And there is no, they're not copy and pasted. Oh, no. This one says there's no need to listen to music because music is garbage and doesn't deserve to be listened to at all. And then he has one that says there's no need for me to listen to music in the sense the music is garbage will not help you. And these are in the span of a day. Most of these. Wow. It's different variations of that. This guy just hates music and movies. He might. Pop culture in general. I mean, he hasn't left a review in five years, but his last review was for a cooler and it's green. And he was and like, he gave it. I have no reason to use coolers. Nope. Cold food is overrated. Different. He gave it five stars and he wrote, green is my favorite color. This color <laughs> is awesome because it suits my needs. Oh, no. And makes a great collector's items. The world would be a better place. Okay. The, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> the, the world would be a better place if what? If everything was that shade of green? Yeah. He also bought a blue cooler that day and it's five stars also. And he wrote, this cooler works for my purposes only. It's great when you have to carry drinks around and personal property. End. His purposes. So, so nobody else could use that cooler. It only fits his purposes. End. And it's not as good as the green one. End. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know if this is a troll account or not. Wow. There's so much happening there. There is. And there's 139 reviews like this. Oh, wow. I don't get it. The people that leave <laughs> reviews on Amazon. It's I, crazy, I might right? I never understand it. From July 19th, 2009, I think I would have liked this movie, but it was difficult for me to truly see it. 
It was filmed with a constantly moving camera, much like the old-time home movies that no one could watch. Shaky cam. There were a few, like, over-the-shoulder shots in this movie where the actor's face was completely obscured, and it was a weird choice. Yeah, well, I don't have to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of weird choice in this movie in the sense that they chose to make it shitty. That's fair. From July 5th, 2011. I have to agree with the one-star reviews. Leonard Maltin's quote is accurate. He says, yeah, it's a review within a review. Ooh. This is an Inception review. Reviewception. He says, it's bad enough that the material stinks, but director Berg shoots it in nausea-inducing handheld style with pointless macro close-ups of the actors. (laughs) Blew my mind that we got a review in a review. How about that? How cool is that? That never happens. No. I love it. Absolutely love it. From July 5th, 2009. Title? Bruto. What? This is a rarity. Terrible. Kisto film et terrible et que Dyer D. Will Smith. Talento. Force. Loja. Demonstrato. Nella Sierra. Il Principe de Bel Air. Something about the Fresh Prince. Yep. That's all I got. Yep. He said, uh, uh, Will Smith's talented. What the hell? It's Fresh Prince Bel Air. Yeah. yeah. We got an Italian review. What happened here? Yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> That's weird. Even in in different languages, this movie is awful. (laughs) (laughs) The next review is from a person who understands movies on a different wavelength. I think they might be a secret genius. This is from August 14, 2009. The movie was so bad that about 30 minutes into it, I started watching it in fast forward with subtitles for about 10 minutes and then just stopped watching altogether. I never considered doing that. That's a good, it's like, I'm going to give it a shot. To be to be entertaining and fast forward. Right. I mean, with Bateman, it's not going to work ever because he's so quippy in between everything else is getting said. Sure. Just imagine he says buddy all the time. Buddy. But another level. That's pretty brilliant. Last one I have is from July 1st, 2008. It's called Kazam, the sequel. What? <laughs> the worst part about this movie had to be when the credits started rolling at the end of the film. And I just realized that almost two hours of my life had just been snatched away from me like an old lady's purse, and there was no chance I'd ever get them back. (laughs) I'd also like to say that there's probably a 50-50 chance that Will Smith was hanging with Amy Winehouse when he decided to sign up for this project. Oh, my God. (laughs) She was still alive then. Yeah. Because she died in 2011. Yeah. Um, Jeez. Yeah. It's harsh. There's a lot going on there. However. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not a two-hour-long movie. No. So. Don't yeah. know what you were doing in, in between. He there. watched. He watched the previews. Oh uh, well, it's probably some good ones. Maybe he had the, the extended cut, like you. Maybe get to see that. Come canon. Jesus, I'm glad I didn't see it. I think ah, uh, you didn't miss much. There was nothing. It was a scene. Yeah. Brian, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we are going to be fast forwarding to 2018. We're going to be talking about Venom. We sure are. That movie. With the with the black suit, the symbiote, the, man. the symbiote, symbiote, and however else they pronounce it in the movie, because they do it all the ways. Look at me, I'm a black spider man. Yes, Bane. He plays Venom. Not with the voice though. How wild would it be? Did I would love that. Oh, that'd be so good. So you know, like we said, uh, better movies coming up. Uh... <laughs> TV day. TV day. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you like what you hear, throw us a rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever. You can like and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Cape Podcasters. 
And if you have any questions or comments, you can email them to capepodcasters at gmail.com. Or you can leave them at Facebook. Yeah. We got one. What do we got? Micah from Digital Cartridge Podcast. He wrote in and he'd like us to do a fuck, Mary kill. Oh. For this movie. Okay. With Will Smith, Jason Bateman, Charlize Theron. That love triangle of heat. Ooh. It's so hot. Fiery burning. You got two passions. supers and one just charming just motherfucker. Just wonderful, wonderful man. Who are you going with? Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going to marry Jason Bateman. That's it makes sense. He's God. because he's just going to hold you tight and go, "I love you, buddy." <laughs> you got to have the buddy. Yeah, exactly. I want to be called buddy for the rest of my life, and that, that's just lovely. Ooh, See, I... <laughs> it gets tricky right here with it the gets, soups. It gets tricky with the soups because you didn't see. I didn't see the Hancock, scene, but based on what I'm blowing heard, holes through his trailer ceiling. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to kill him. I think that might be the right I way think, to go. I think that's. Uh, I think that's the right answer because I don't want. <laughs> all you don't really want. Uh, I don't want to reach the mountaintop and and have to worry. You but know? at the same time, if you bone a lady soup who's that strong, she has like the power to like manipulate weather too in this thing. Yeah, actually, I read something that it was Hancock that was doing the tornadoes and she was doing the lightning. Fine, I don't care. Who cares? Right, but she can also just snap your dingle off if she wanted to. Oh, it's true. So. Ooh, but she can also fake like she can't open a jar of, of peanut butter and then have you do it like she did with Jason Bateman in the yeah, movie. Well, that's a good point. So it seems like she can withhold. Yeah, that's the right answer. All around, that's yeah, the right answer. I think that's the way to do it. So th- thanks, Micah, for make it, making me choose that. You're a gentleman and a scholar. So on that obvious choice, we'll see you next week for Venom! <laughs> same pod time. Same pod time! So, Brian, that's Hancock. Sure is. What do you think happens post-credits? I think we cut to New York, and we have Hancock and living in the city. And he pulls out his cell phone, and he calls up Jason Bateman. He says, hey, Ray, I haven't done this whole super thing straight. I haven't been on the straight and narrow. I don't know. What am I supposed to do for money now? And Jason Bateman says, oh, buddy, there's always money in the banana stand. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dave, what do you think happens? That's so good. <laughs> what I think happens is Charlie's Theron shows up at his trailer. Yeah. And this is the whole scene where he's trying to like just understand who he is. Who's, who is Hancock in this thing? Sure. And she says, we were in Miami. You were lost. You shouldn't have been there. We, uh, we've been around for 3,000 years, but I know where you were before this even. And you got to trigger your memory. We got to find somewhere to trigger your memory. So she says, I have a song. I think it's really going to help you. Just your memory is going to get firing. I, I need you to come back. I need you to come back. I need you to be who you really are. Now this is a story all about how my life got <laughs>